Hello and welcome to a jam-packed, overflowing episode of the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. I am the traffic anchor for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. I am pedestrian advocate, Joseph Peters. Happy to be here. What episode number are we even on now? 113. Beautiful. 113. That's a lot of episodes. Yes, it is. That is a lot of time spent in this very, very small studio. We have come a long way since 113 episodes. Um, If I was going to go back and listen to episode number 13, I can't recall off the top of my head what it was about. Uh, but I'm sure this is going to be much better than that one. Even though that one was probably stellar, this one is going to be even better. I, I find it hard to pick a favorite child amongst all of my children, which is <laughs> how I feel about each and every one of these podcast episodes. I've given birth to 113 children now. The- Kind of gross to think about. Yes, sir. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Tracy Stewart. He is the content editor at uh, the travel deal site, airfarewatchdog.com. I have used that site in the past. We're talking to Tracy to get some insight on something called hidden city ticketing. Have you ever heard of city hidden city ticketing, if I can say it right? I have heard of it. I'm not sure if all of our listeners have, but I'm very excited to dive deep on this topic. Basically, it's buying a flight with a layover. And then getting off at that layover city and not continuing to the final ticketed destination. Uh, And it can save you a lot of money. However, there are some, I guess, techniques to use or to watch for. And there are some issues with the airlines. They do not like it. Well, that's the big issue is that the airlines don't like it. And to them, I say... Don't charge cheaper rates for a flight from New York City to L.A. than you would for a flight from L.A. New York to to Denver. Because here's a good example. I saw a flight from Denver to Charlotte, and it cost over $400. But then, if you would book that same flight that would take you on the same airplane at the exact same times from Denver to Charlotte, but it was a layover city... On the final destination to Orlando, so basically you're booking from Denver to Orlando with the stopover in Charlotte, the ticket was a little over $200. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a huge price difference. Mm-hmm. And that's why people are interested in this, uh, but there are some drawbacks. And there is even one airline suing a passenger over this. And so we're going to talk all about that with Tracy, because uh, I really think it's an interesting topic, and it, we're going to get this all sorted out with with him in just a little bit. But first... Did you know the juice is loose in Colorado? So I've heard. That's right. OJ was spotted in Vail last week. I'm so glad you brought this up. We were just talking about our boy OJ. We were. A handful of locals managed to snag pictures with OJ. He was spotted at the Bridge Street Bar. He was mingling with locals there. He even uh, started singing. Well, I did. he didn't really sing, but he, he participated in one of the songs that were being sing, uh, sung about. Uh, I guess they were using what? The... Um, Oh, what was the name of that song that they were doing? Unchained um, Melody? No. Um, it was a Richie Valen song. Oh, it, it, Crickets all, from this side of the room. Couldn't tell it, you. It's going to come to me later. Anyway, and then they were singing Old White Bronco and of course they AJ were. was, or AJ. OJ, I did I think I did that last time. AC <laughs> Cowlings and OJ Simpson. Anyway, uh, he was over at the uh, Barton Yetis, took some pictures with the folks there. Uh, he took selfies with some people on the street. As far as I recall, OJ is still on parole, right? Correct. Probation. Well, he was was given parole. He's on probation. Okay. Um, Yes, not supposed to be drinking either way. That's what I thought. Yeah. He's not supposed to be drinking, but he was uh, hanging out at bars. Now, there are other beverages you can have at bars. Correct. 
Um, maybe even a root beer or a. He's big into soda now. Diet yeah. soda. Soda connoisseur. Uh, water with lemon. Yes. But I like a lot. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could. I in that short video, I couldn't tell. It was La Bamba, and he was thinking instead of La Bamba, it was White Bronco. That's what. See, I knew it was going to come to me. This is where we're at in society. We're making jokes about his getaway <laughs> from police. <laughs> Uh, I couldn't tell if he was drinking in that video, though. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. He probably tries to conceal that. I will say, if you want to hang out with OJ for three hours, go sign up for a tea time at your local country club when you know he's in town, because that dude loves to golf, and nobody wants to play with him. Because I don't think he can ski. Can he ski? Does he ski? He's... I mean, he's old, man. There are more things you can do in Vail than just ski. Right. Even in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get a chance to check the Vail police blotter, but I'm sure if there were some kind of inappropriate behavior, we probably would have been tip- tipped off to it. No, I mean, at this point, OJ can just run around being OJ, clearly, and people recognize him, and he gets a kick out of it because he's up there in years. I mean, the guy's not a spring chicken anymore. He must have had some kind of a waiver from the court or his probation officer to leave Nevada because I thought he could either go to Nevada or Florida. I thought that was the original it was parole and that Colorado wasn't on the list. Yeah, well, and there, to, to your point, there's plenty of reasons to go to bail. So it yeah. could have been any number of reasons why he was in bail. <sighs> I did play it safe anyway. Uh, I did hide all the cutlery in my home once I found out he was in the state. Oh, good. Did you hide your gloves as well? Uh, I don't re- Well, I, yeah, I guess I, they're in my trunk of my car, so I guess that's a good place for him to find it. There you go. He wanted, uh, I thought it was a pretty good move. At least a safe move. <laughs> Dateline, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Authorities say an Oklahoma man stole a Pepsi truck as the driver was unloading soda out of the back of it. The driver jumped out of the back. And when he felt his rig move, the best part of this story is the trail of sodas as they were spilling out from the back of the open door as the truck was driving off. <laughs> it was like Hansel and Gretel. Oh, oh. Now, why would somebody steal a Pepsi truck? Police say Stephen Hart told them he was trying to get to the airport after an argument with his girlfriend. Police say they caught up with the truck. It had stopped in traffic. Stephen jumped out. And started to run off, but as most criminals are apt to be, not good at running. He was caught and arrested all the while as the Pepsi truck that he jumped out of was rolling into the back of a school bus because he never put it into park. Thankfully, no children were on board the school bus. Stephen is being held on pending charges that include larceny, attempted escape from the county jail as he was being booked into custody. Stephen. Stephen, buddy. The only good news is that no one was hurt. Why? Why because Steven? of his girlfriend. I mean, you know what? We I, I've said it before. Most people do stupid things because of uh, drugs, uh, alcohol, money, and sex. Yep. This had several of them. Why a Pepsi truck? That that I is think it was just point. available. Mm-hmm. I think it was just an available vehicle. At the time, he needed a vehicle to go. I just feel bad for all those sodas, those poor fallen oh, soldiers yeah. that OJ would have partaken in <laughs> had they <laughs> he survived. Have, he would have. Police in Wisconsin arrested a man for his 23rd gas drive-off. Oh, my God. From the same gas station chain. <laughs> 37-year-old Carl Kenyon was arrested again after the latest incident where Carl told police he has a, air quotes here, layaway system with quick trip he apparently was in a hurry but he always pays for the gas he says air quotes again eventually 
Quick Trip estimates Carl owes them for 14 of the 23 drive-offs, so he has paid for a few. Eventually. But he still owes Quick Trip around $803.90 for the gas that he has put on layaway. Police are pushing for charges of retail theft and bail jumping due to previous retail theft cases. Never heard of a gas station layaway plan. I want to lock this man up for 10 years. <laughs> if you're willing to commit the same crime 23 times at, at the, the same, same place, place. Yeah. like I'm, I'm done with you, man. Get, get you out of society. You were a threat on a number of levels. But I thought you had to, at least to activate the pump, use a credit card. Whenever you go to a gas station, either you have to use a credit card or you hit the lever and then the, uh, the attendant is dinged. And either sometimes you have to go in and pay first, or I guess sometimes they'll turn on the pump if you're out there and you ding it, and then they go, all right, then, then, you, then you can fill it up, because you never know how much it's going to take to fill up the whole gas tank. It's a very good point, man. We may have found one of the few remaining parts of America, this remote part of Wisconsin, where they still allow you to pump first, pay later. Much, much later. Much, much later. <laughs> like, eventually. Yeah, eventually later. I didn't know that was part of the payment plan. Well, so there's 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 pay now, pay at the pump, pay when you go inside. Well, and that's the conversation this man had with police. Like you you just don't understand. Guys. No, you don't. I'm I'm paying. I'm gonna pay for it eventually. Yeah, believe me. It's like uh, going to Aaron Rents, where you're paying for that TV, that two hundred dollar TV, eventually with twenty dollar easy monthly payments over the next ten years. Now, pro tip. The, the play here is always to let the debt get over $1,000. That way you can go with the bigger charge. Because anything under 1000 is petty larceny. Once you get over 1000 that's when you start talking about real theft with real uh, charges see, attached th- to see, it. See, there, that, maybe that's why he kept the bill at under $1,000, and it was only at 803 That's a heady play. So last week we mentioned this a little bit uh, about Channel 9, our competitor down the street. Uh, they did a story about the end of the company, Arrivo. We've talked about this. Yes, we have. And as you recall, Arrivo was supposed to build a high-speed track that was going to take cars or freight containers on this magnetic levitating system and, and put these pods and these uh, little uh, uh, car-carrying pods to at like 200 miles an hour. Uh, we reported that on this show back in November that Arrivo was going away. Yes, bye bye Yes, bye bye <laughs> How long did you work on that one? Oh, my God. Arrival is officially out of business, and Channel 9 is now just catching up as there are, um, well, I guess there are a few episodes of our podcast behind. I think that's what it is. I, I think they're listening to our podcast, but they're just a, they just haven't caught up yet to the current one. Maybe they're on episode 98 or, or 14. So, somewhere in there. Yep. Uh, so they'll, they'll eventually be hearing about the Gas Buddy story we did last week. Probably sometime in April. Uh, the only, air quotes again here, the only news that came from the report was that the Hyperloop is still in a feasible Feasib- feasibility study phase. So no real update there either. They're still working on it with, uh, so and it's a completely different thing, Arrivo and Hyperloop. And, and, and unfortunately, some of the reporters were combining the two. Well, because there's so many companies and they haven't agreed on a name. I think it's like Band-Aid and Bandage. Right, where where we all agreed that Hyperloop was going to be the name, except nobody told the companies that, and so they all named themselves something different. And it was uh, Bam Brogan who was working with the Hyperloop people that tried to start a Rivo. Right, right. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I've just spilled a whole bunch of water all over the table here. Oy. Anyway, I will I will motor on. Happens to the best of us. Yes. Uh, anyway, so uh, I did reach out to Brogan, Bam Brogan, but I never heard back from them. Uh, I emailed, I called, left message, but the guy's a fraud, man. The guy, I mean, yeah. this was a total fraud play by a no, guy I, with some I, bad science. I agree. I mean, and, and we've been reporting on the Hyperloop in basically the same way for the last two or three years now, where where every time we do a story on it, we're trying to advance it by saying, well, they've reached this milestone or they've reached this milestone. But for the most part, the Hyperloop is a, we're working on it, come back to us. Right. And it's going to stay that way for a while. Ha- yes, it will. And there's going to be a lot of logistic problems with the Hyperloop that I don't know if will ever be worked out. I think it's a great concept if they could ever work it out, but I think physics is going to be a big problem here. Physics and money. I mean, there's no amount of private capital that can buy the amount of land that you would need to really make this a thing that happens in more than a very, very small pocket of this country. Right. So anyway, Brogan decided not to uh, contact me. Channel 9, though, did put this note at the end of their story. It said, because we know everyone was wondering, Brogan Bam Brogan is not the Arrivo's founder's original name. He changed his name from Kevin Brogan when he married his wife, Bambi, so they could combine their names. Well, that left me with more questions than answers. That little section of the whole story. That's really, they buried the lead in essence, in this entire report they were doing. Buried the lead and didn't provide enough information. No, of course not, because they don't dig. They just take the basic uh, facts from the very surface of the story, and then and then they move on. So are so educate. Are so, they Brogan, Bam Brogan, and Bambi Bam Brogan? Well, here's what I found out. That Brogan formerly did go by Kevin Brogan when he was working at SpaceX. He was actually fondly called K-Bro. <laughs> Hey, K-Bro, how's that rocket going? Terrible nickname. But in 2013, he married a woman named Bambi Lou. And as part of the nuptials, the couple decided to merge their names rather than hyphenate, because California. Hers became Bambi Bam Brogan, and his simply became Brogan Bam Brogan. Bam for Bambi, Brogan for Brogan. So they were combining Bambi and Brogan together to get Bam Brogan. So they came up with his new last name from their two first names to make a new last name. Yes. That's why it's weird. Yes. It reminds me of the classic scene in the movie Big Daddy where the child decides to call himself Frankenstein. <laughs> so Bambi Lou, she was an actress, as I found out. Okay. Uh, the only IMBD credit was a short comedy film uh, called The Next Step from, 20, uh, from 2009. Oh. Uh, I did not see that. I didn't really hear. I didn't really go looking for it to oh. see if it was out there on Hulu or somewhere that I could actually see this, I did, this short comedy. That one did make an appearance at the Minneapolis Short Film Festival. It was pretty impressive. What? You have no idea what you're talking about, do you? No, no. Of course you don't. Totally made up fact. Her Instagram page is private, so I couldn't see any of her posts. Uh, I did see, though, some pictures of their wedding before they became Bam Brogan, when they were still Kevin and Bambi. Um, and so, 
Yeah, I, 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 I did some research on the whole thing. Uh, I lost interest really after I saw some of their pictures of the wedding and after the movie. And do they look like people that have that have more money than they actually have? Yes, because that they had a pretty fancy wedding. I mean, Arrivo is the definition of a company that had a bigger idea and more ambitious plans than it actually ever really had. And they had a lot of investors that dumped a whole lot of money on them. And now, where do those investors uh, have? What do they have to show for it? Nothing. Frankly, absolutely nothing. And you know, Bam, Brogan, Mr. Brogan, Mr. Whatever, Brogan, Kevin, whatever you want to call him, he, he, I'm sure, took a nice, hefty salary from the whole thing. If we were going to look at the uh, financial numbers from that, I would, I would venture to say that he was paid at least into the seven figures. Which, which would also give you some sort of idea of why he would not want to talk to us. And I think that's important. Because I think the guy has some explaining to do, frankly. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that I'm, I'm introducing a new segment here, episode 113, Where is Brogan Bam Brogan? We'll check in every week. Should we? Until we find the answer. Uh, I don't think. I did find his address. Okay. So I have his address of where he lives there in California, in Los Angeles. Mm. Um, I don't think that I have the resources to go out there and go knock on his door. Uh, I, if, I, if, if we were based in Los Angeles, I would. I am the kind of guy that would drive over there mm-hmm. and then knock on his door and say, uh, Kevin, could I um, interview you about this and that? We'll crowdfund it. The Bam Brogan Project. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the way to do it. Yep. As somebody who lives in Los Angeles, who, li- who listens to this, this uh, podcast, actually, uh, one of my best friends, Alex Stone, ABC Radio, mm-hmm. based in Los Angeles, Maybe I can uh, ask Alex to stop by yeah, uh, Mr. Bam Brogan's place and then knock on the door and ask a few questions. I, there's a story to be done there. It's just a matter of who's going to do it. Don't we have an ABC TV partner out there? Oh, we must. ABC, man. Our claws are everywhere. So uh, they're both definitely odd birds. Uh, I'll give them that. Uh, who have collected a whole bunch of money and basically went nowhere with it. Mm-hmm. Um so at this point, I, I'm you know kind of dead in the water with the Brogans, mm-hmm. Bam Brogans, R.I.P. Bam Brogan. <laughs> well, on a whole different subject, when I try to find the least expensive flight, I search not only round trips but also one-way flights. But there's another technique where you can book a trip that has a connection. And you get off at that connection, and you don't continue on to your final destination. They call it several names, including. Hidden City Ticketing. Now, I mention this because this technique is at the center of a lawsuit between Lufthansa and one of its customers who did this, and Lufthansa didn't like that person doing this. The airline says the passenger saved more than $2,000 with this technique, and so Lufthansa saw this as a violation of their terms and conditions and wants about $2,400 in compensation back. To talk about Hidden City Ticketing and all these issues around this technique, we invited Tracy Stewart. He's the content editor at the famous travel deal site called AirfareWatchdog.com. We invited him to be here on the show. Tracy, thanks for being here on the Driving You Crazy podcast. Hey, thanks for having us. So, Tracy, let's talk about this technique first of Hidden City Ticketing. What exactly is it for the benefit of our listeners who might not know, and why would somebody like a a passenger want to do this hidden city ticketing is when you book a ticket with a layover and you plan to just get off at the layover city rather than go to your final destination 
final destination on the ticket. And you do that because it's cheaper thanks to a flaw in the way airlines price tickets. Um, so let's say you were looking to go to from Denver to Phoenix and you see the fare is $300. But then you also see that Denver to LA is just $100 and that flight connects in Phoenix. So you would just book the flight, the cheaper flight to LA and get off in Phoenix. But yeah, needless to say, the airlines aren't too crazy about this. Before we get to why the airlines hate it, you mentioned this glitch in the ticketing. So what is this glitch in the ticketing that the that, that causes airlines to price these flights differently and might cause a, a, a connection flight to be a lot cheaper than a direct flight? So this is because when in the 70s when airlines kind of switched to uh, hub and spoke from a point-to-point system, uh, this happens where um, a nonstop will be more expensive than uh, the connecting. And the airlines look at this as, uh, we're not ripping you off on the nonstop. We're giving you a break on the connecting flight. And the, this is a way to stay competitive with other airlines. So from the traveler's perspective, I would think that this biggest advantage is obviously the, the price uh, discount that you're going to get. But what are some of the other main pros and maybe cons of, of this technique? There are a lot more cons, I think, than pros. Um, so, yeah, if you can only do this, really, if you plan to travel one way. So, yeah, it won't work with a round trip. If the airline sees that you bailed at the connecting city, the rest of your trip will be canceled. Um, but how would, they the know, problem, how would they know that I didn't go on the connecting flight to, let's say, your, your example, going to Phoenix in L.A., that I missed the L.A. connection because, let's say, I was in the bathroom and I was sick or incapacitated or I, or I was just, I got to the bar and I, and I decided to have a little bit too many and, and I, and I w- didn't go back on, on the airplane. I mean, how, how can they prove that I, on purpose... Didn't didn't take that leg. Yeah, that's the thing. It is hard to prove exactly the the motive for skipping the leg. But uh, if if they see that uh, someone did this repeatedly, uh, then obviously that that sets it off. But um, yeah, it's it's not ideal. It, it if the airline it, if you check a bag first of all you wouldn't want to fly on a hidden city ticket because you you have to use a carry-on only. Like you, right. you, but a lot of people do that anyway, so I don't think that's a huge barrier to, to doing it. Yeah, well, the other thing is nowadays, every, everyone flying with a carry-on, the cabin gets so full that they gate-check bags. And, yes, a lot of times you have to pick them up at the carousel rather than at the gate when you land. Mm. So that would be a huge disaster if you're <laughs> planning on leaving at the uh, connecting city. Um, and the other thing that happens sometimes, especially this time of year, is but if you're planning to do this in Chicago, uh, you're connecting in Chicago and there's a snowstorm or something and the, the routing is... Uh, diverted to another city then your plans are ruined right 
Well, let's set aside the risk to the passengers for a second, because I think for the most part, the people who are taking advantage of this, you know, they they know and they're prepared for the risk, but also they're doing it because they're savvy. On the other side of it, why don't the airlines just eat it? I mean, why are they pursuing action against these passengers? Why are they canceling future flights for these passengers? Why don't they just accept that this is part of the way that their ticketing process works? Yeah, it's a slippery slope, I think. If so many people do this, it could really have a bad effect on the, the whole hub-and-spoke system. Um, yeah, it would, it would be a disaster, I think. We're talking to Tracy Stewart. He's the content editor at the famous travel deal site called airfarewatchdog.com. And jumping off of what Joseph was saying, Tracy, I, I, I guess the airlines know what they can get for each flight, and you said... Typically, people want to have a direct flight over a one with a connection if they're just a regular travel like traveler like me. If I was traveling with my yeah. my family, then obviously going to be taking bags. And if I had to connect through Phoenix to, I, I was just coming back uh, a couple months ago from uh, Miami, but I had to connect through Atlanta to get back here to Denver. So it, it wouldn't have behooved me to, to to use that that technique. However, the the flight was, you know, it was priced competitively compared to one of the. Uh, and, and a little bit lower than it would have been for a direct flight. So why don't the airlines then just charge a more uh, a competitive flight for all their routes instead of doing this, uh, you get a break for going through a connection? Yeah, I, it may not seem like <laughs> the fares are as low as they could be, but I think, again, compared to what they were 40 or 50 years ago, they're a lot lower um, with the hub and spoke system. Uh, it, it just allows for airlines to be more efficient with the with the route system. Um, yeah, the, there are so many factors that go in with pricing, but uh, I think supply and demand is probably the the biggest one. As you as you briefly mentioned about why the airlines don't like it, um, I would think that maybe one of the reasons the airline doesn't like it is because then they would, let's say, use your example again, if somebody got off at Phoenix, instead of going all the way to Los Angeles, there they have a empty seat on that flight that goes from Phoenix to Los Angeles they could have otherwise, I guess, sold. So is that one of the reasons, or are there other Reasons why they're all so hot and bothered to try to stop this? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, it, there's different thoughts on this. Um, yeah, the airlines claim that you know they're they're losing revenue, but uh, this actually recently went to the Supreme Court in Spain uh, with the Spanish airline Iberia going after someone similarly to the way Lufthansa just did. Um, and the Supreme Court actually ruled in favor of the passenger, saying that not only did the airline did the passenger not owe the airline any money, but that they didn't actually buy the airline's argument that that they were losing any money on this. That in fact they were actually making <laughs> making money on this. So it it depends who you ask. <laughs> Well, and, and you know, I, I was reading something earlier about George Habica, who's the founder of Airfare Watchdog. He, years ago, argued that this technique is is not ethical. He did not agree with it at all. Do you think this technique is ethical? I, I don't think it is. When you 
when you buy the ticket, you are, according to the contract of carriage, which is this sort of loose agreement you enter into when you when you book the ticket, uh, you know, you're agreeing that you won't pull these exact type of stunts. <laughs> uh, but that's the fine print that most people just sort of glaze over when they book the ticket. But yeah, it, it is against the rules. Technically, there's a lot of things against the rules that people still do that don't, <laughs> that don't really hurt like you, like you mentioned. The court in Spain, I'm sure the, the airline Ibiza, that, that they probably have those same uh, bylaws and, and rules in, in the ticketing. I, I would imagine that Lufthansa also has those rules, and, and we'll see what happens when they go to court with this one passenger. And I, I would not be surprised that the court rules like they did in Spain for the passenger. Yeah, it's so expensive, too, to, to you know take this to court for the airline. I mean, considering how little it really costs them compared to what they're spending in court. It's obviously impossible for them to go after every case of this. So uh, I don't think this is going to be a, a really widespread crackdown. Well, that was kind of my thought on it is how widespread can the crackdown really be? How many people is it, are we talking about hundreds of people who use this technique in a given year thousands, or is it more widespread than that? Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to say, but I, Given all the, how difficult it is to fly in a hidden city ticket, I mean, like we were just talking, it's you can't really check a bag. It's good for a one way only. It's there are just so many things that can go wrong that it. I think it sort of negates any value in doing it in the first place. But a lot of things can go right. Um, so if I'm just a single traveler, it's easy for me to travel with a small bag that wouldn't be gate checked. If I'm just doing a weekend flight, uh, I could even have all the stuff in a backpack that could fit under the seat in front of me. And it, yeah. it would really be no issue. And even if I was delayed by weather, well, it's, you know, if I'm just a single traveler or traveling with, let's say, uh, another single person or a girlfriend or, or wife, just two people instead of like a whole family, it, it seems like it's a, a pretty good way to go. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're just gonna pack a backpack, something that you could slide under the seat. But yeah, if you're if you're sort of betting on overhead space, especially now with uh, basic economy, so many people trying to cram something into the overhead, you're just really not guaranteed space. Well, you, you know, know, in this life, you're not guaranteed anything, I suppose. Uh, we're still speaking <laughs> yeah, with uh, Tracy Stewart. He's the content editor at airfarewatchdog.com. So, Tracy, what do you think the future of this technique is now that this court in Spain has, has ruled for the passenger? We'll see what happens with Lufthansa. What, what will happen in the future, and will airlines continue to try to kill this off? Yeah, it's hard to say. I'm sure that the case in Spain will definitely ha- have repercussions throughout the EU and probably eventually color the way we look at it here in the States. Um, but yeah, if, if you are thinking of doing this, then obviously don't, don't use your frequent flyer number or, or anything. Or that, that's one of the easiest ways that the airline would go after you is just wipe out your frequent flyer points. Well, see, I don't get that because how can they prove? They would have to prove intent before yep. before you bought the ticket, mm-hmm. and I don't know how they can ever prove intent. 
I don't. I don't know how they could do that. No, because I mean, maybe Phoenix was just awesome. To your point, maybe I just got hung up at the bar. That that is the excuse I would use every time. <laughs> is I just found found an excuse to stay in the city. I met I landed this girl in. at the bar, and I, and we were hitting it off, and I and I wanted to stay there and hang out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think eventually they might catch on to you, but. So maybe not. <laughs> Who knows? So wh- where could I find, if I wanted to find these tickets, I'm, I'm sure that I probably can't go to Delta.com and, and search for these type of fares. Is there a place either on your site, Airfare Watchdog, or, or another site that I can find these fares pretty easily? We don't really list them just because they, they come with so many issues. Uh, it's probably best just to sign up for an alert and book book a cheap fare without the risk of getting stranded in yes but but, but so, we, yeah we're, you we, can go we're, to but we're, a, we're we're a podcast and we're a country full of people who like to make their own choices so is there <laughs> somewhere that if somebody wanted to do this and and skirt the system and be unethical in some opinions is there some place that they can go and do it the site that got into trouble a few years back for doing this with united was skip lag they they do list these fares, um, but yeah, you can also go to Airfare Watchdog, and if you're traveling with a family and you don't want to risk getting stuck somewhere, just book a <laughs> really good cheap fare anyway. And by the way, that's Skip Lagged S K I P L A G G E D dot com. Or you could go to Airfare Watchdog. Well, you go to Watchdog. Watchdog. If you want, if you want to play, if you want to play by the rules. Okay, it's Tracy Stewart. Thank you very much. Yeah. You're the content editor at the uh, website, the deal, the travel deal site, uh, AirfareWatchdog.com. Thanks again for uh, being here and explaining uh, all that's going on with uh, Hidden City Ticketing. Thanks for having me. It's good talking to you. So there he goes. There goes Tracy. Um, he wouldn't. He <laughs> wasn't having any of it. He he just did not see what I was getting at. I mean, I guess we got the skip lagged website. That site is phenomenal, by the way. They have an app too, so um, yeah. Pl- so. Play by the rules. Go to airfarewatchdog.com. <laughs> well, but I I still think, and and I think that's one of the. There are people who will make other people feel scared about doing something. Yes. When really you shouldn't be scared about it. You just educate yourself about it, and then understand the risks, and go ahead or don't go ahead. I could be on the roof of this building. I was going to say, man, are you trying to t- tell me about the benefits I, of cocaine or something? Well, right no, now? I could, I, I could, <laughs> if I want to, I could jump off the building. It's a, probably a lot faster to get from the top of the roof to the floor than than coming back in the building, going the elevator, the stairs, or whatever. So there, that's one benefit. The, the the con would be broken legs. You have to weigh all of the pros and cons. It, it's like I, I I've I've been told in the past, and I, I talked to this guy about it. It's like an economist. It's not what you want. It's what you want more. Mm. And that's how you have to think about these things. Mm -hmm. It's it's what you want more. Whenever you're discussing, when my wife and I were discussing moving, we have this and this and this and this, and we want this and this and this, and let's look at a house that might provide all these different things. But the house wasn't perfect. No house, no everything is ever perfect. You have to decide what you want more. So in this instance, I think if you want cheaper fares... And it is more important to you to get a cheaper fare than any risks about losing uh, airfare miles that very few people except for business travelers use anymore. 
or that you have to carry your own bag onto the airplane and there might not be enough room to put it in the overhead bin when you can get around that pretty easily because you could get on the plane fairly soon and you could always find, yes, there are some infrequent times where the overhead bin might be full. However, I've seen a lot of times where other people are asked to do it, to volunteer to do it, and they do it. And then that leaves you room to put your bag in the overhead bin, or you carry a smaller bag and you put it in the seat in front of you, right, under you. Again, folks, if you want to play by the rules, airfarewatchdog.com. So frustrating because it just is. Rules. I hate rules. Airfarewatchdog.com. Look, I'm not, uh, that's my problem. I'm not good with rules. I never have been. That's my problem. And I've thought about this. I, I can't say that I've ever done it in the past, but I have thought about it. My wife and I have thought about it, so why would we just get off here and stay? And, and how can the, the, the airline prove intent? I mean, that's, that's the whole thing about, well, they about murder. Either it's first-degree murder or it's homicide because you have to prove intent. But, they, I mean, that's kind of what he was getting at, right? None of these lawsuits by the airlines are actually going to work. No. They still got their dang money. Like, call it a day, man. You lost. Unless somebody is out there on social media being on Twitter and being stupid and they're going, yeah, ha, 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 I'm going to book this flight because it's $2,000 cheaper and I'm going to get off in uh, in Frankfurt and not go all the way to Oslo. That was one thing I wanted to bring up, man. That guy's the gold standard. Nobody, not, how many people do you think are actually saving two grand by, by using this method? Very few. Two I think they're saving a, a couple lot. hundred bucks. I mean, I, I can't even think of a flight that I've booked recently that was too quick. Well, he was coming from Europe to the United States and going back. There you and go. And so he used it on the way going back. And, of course, if he's, if he's saving money, then why not? Or if he wanted to just get off in Frankfurt and then go to Amsterdam or go wherever and eventually get on up to uh, to Oslo, fine. Mm-hmm. Why not? Right. But, like, I'm not going to use this for my next flight to Las Vegas. And then what if, let's say, it's okay that, the, uh, that this guy gets off there at uh, XYZ. Let's use his example, going from Denver to Phoenix to L.A. And I get off in, in Phoenix, and I just decide I, I want to stay in Phoenix. And so I could tell the gate person, hey, I'm not going to make the, the connection because I'm either hammered, I'm, I met somebody, or, hey, it sounds like they're having some kind of a cool festival here in downtown Phoenix, and I'm going to just stay. I'm not going to continue on to Los Angeles. Really, that was the problem I had the most with that example, because Phoenix sucks. You know, it's funny. There was an uh, airline here called Western Pacific Airlines, and this was like 25 years ago, and they used to have these mystery fares. They were $50 yep. round-trip mystery fares. We've talked about this. $50. Yes, and so I booked, a, a, and it would send you to one of five cities, and it was either Los Angeles, Phoenix, uh, Vegas, San Diego, or I think it was uh, uh, San Francisco. Yep. So I, I got I bought mine. It was a weekend thing. You know the dates, and you but you don't know where what city you're going to. So they sent me to Phoenix. So I got to Phoenix, got a rental car. Soon as I got in the rental car, boom, off to the Grand Canyon. And so I went to the Grand Canyon, went through Kingman, Arizona. Oh my goodness! I thought Amarillo was bad. Kingman is bad. Kingman, Kingman is King, horrible. Kingman is pretty bad. And then I uh, was in Laughlin uh, for a night, and then I went back to uh, Phoenix. So I never, actually never stayed in Phoenix. I went to Grand Canyon, went to Laughlin, went to Fe- went back to Phoenix, got on the plane, and came back to Denver. I was going to say, that mystery fare promotion sounds like an excuse to book up all the flights to Phoenix. It's not like they're ever going to get you on any of any of the other four cities. But it was fun. You know, it was... It, because it was, you weren't in Phoenix. Yeah. You're, right. <laughs> you're exactly right. I was not in Phoenix. <sighs> not Phoenix isn't the worst place in the world, but... Low bar. Low bar, but okay. Yeah, it's pretty bad. 
I like to dress comfortably when I go on a flight, by the way. I don't. Uh, some oh, You like to wear what? A wool suit? <laughs> some people like to get very, very comfortable. And then there is this man who decided to make himself comfortable for a 12-hour flight from Paris to Los Angeles by removing his socks and pants before the takeoff. I respect the socks decision. The pants decision is a little dicier. Uh, the unusual scene was captured by fellow travelers who sat across the aisle from him on this Air France flight. The woman, Lizzie Thompson, she first tweeted a picture of the man standing in his boxer shorts saying, The man in the seat across from me has taken his pants off for the flight and is in his boxers. Oh. She added that the flight attendants seemed unconcerned. Then came a series of pictures of the man showing him getting comfy with his bare feet on the floor sitting in just his underwear and T-shirt. Social media users were obviously horrified by the brazen actions with one remarking, what's wrong with people? The world is not your living room. What's wrong with taking my pants off on an airplane? The world is meant for comfort. <laughs> I would never do this, by the way. I should, I should clarify. Not my thing. When Lizzie alerted the flight attendant, she says he offered to move her, which would have meant losing her bulkhead leg room, as she said. So... Pants are staying off. <laughs> he made Lizzie, his decision. Lizzie kept it. updating her Twitter account saying, two hours in, he stood up and took four mini bottles of wine from the cart. Then he fell asleep. <laughs> then six hours in, he got cold, so he put on his puffy jacket, but kept his pants off. Did Lizzie take pictures? Yes. It's all on her Twitter account. Uh, the passenger's odd behavior didn't end there, as then he was uh, uh, he asked a fellow passenger who boarded with a ukulele to join him and play some music, <laughs> but the other passenger declined, maybe because it was the four bottles of mini wine that he was drinking. This honestly sounds like the worst flight of all time. And finally, at the end of the flight, the man decided to put his pants back on. Lizzie tweeted, good news, nothing bonds a group of passengers like a man half naked in your section. Shout out to the flight attendant who slipped me an extra wine and did keep checking in to make sure I was good. One popular question by many responding to her tweets was what nationality he was, forcing Lizzie to explain it was neither American or French. <laughs> See, I, I thought, I don't know, because this seems like it would be pure American um, yes. callousness. This is the be. most American of stories. It did not even occur to me that this man would be from a different country. Many others had asked what the policy was for passengers keeping their clothes on. One flight attendant commented on the Twitter thread saying, Passengers on her airline must wear trousers, but people with bare feet were very common. Now, according to Air France's terms and conditions, passengers can be removed from a flight if the carriage of the passenger and or of their baggage may endanger security, health, hygiene, or good order on board the aircraft. But obviously, as we saw from the whole skip lag thing, the hidden city ticketing, apparently the terms and conditions of airlines are loosely uh, regarded. And also, whatever they want them to be, and whatever is most advantageous to them, and whatever they can use to punish you. Sadly, this is more normal than ever before. I see all the time people taking off their shoes, and sometimes taking off their socks, and have their bare feet on the seat. And sometimes you'll see those feet... Like if you're sitting in the uh, window seat, then you'll see the foot start coming to your right side because it's getting real close to your armrest and your elbow many times. I'm that person. You are? I am yeah, that I'm sure person. sure you are. I am that person. <laughs>
I mean, it's not the, well, the first time people are going to be, ha- be, you know, behave badly at forty-five thousand feet. No, and, no, no I no, mean, no, it's no. going to happen over and over and over again. So that's just the way it is. I, I, I can't stand it. I hate it. I, um, but that's that's the way those those people. You, you just operate. want people to follow the rules, man. I do. I, I do. We have time to uh, talk about quickly this uh, this uh, this uh, additional lane for uh, no speed limit in California. Save it for next week. Save it for next week. Yep. All right. Because uh, it's a good one. Because they want to put a speed limit, basically no speed limit on a on a per, on a lane that they would build in California. And we'll see where that goes. I'm all for it. They, well, <laughs> you'll, you'll hear my full opinion next week. <laughs> per- perfect. Well, I guess that about wraps it up. I'm still disappointed in. In Tracy's opinion, airfarewatchdog.com. <sighs> Maybe you know what? I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to download skiplagged.com. There you go. Download the app and see what I get here, and then we'll see if we can do a see if we can do a fair. Maybe I'll do this for next. Oh, here we go. It says I can get Denver to Charlotte ninety seven dollars with a skip lagged rate. That's so funny. That's the exact one. Denver you to Atlanta a hundred and two dollars. Let's see. Let's let me just click this and say it would go. Oh, that's a nonstop, nonstop. Here's one. That see, they go through some other cities where it would connect through Atlanta. So you're going from Denver to um, Charlotte instead of going all the way to LaGuardia. Ah. Or that one is LaGuardia. That one's Atlanta. That one's JFK. So oh, that one goes from Denver to Orlando. No, Chicago, then Charlotte, then JFK for a hundred and three dollars. So for $103, I have to stop at uh, Chicago, and then I continue on to Charlotte, but then I get off and don't go to JFK. So right there. That sounds like $103 for a big pain in the butt. $57, Denver to Phoenix. Right there. There you go. That That's leaving this weekend. Perfect. Nonstop. Skiplag.com. <laughs> Phoenix. Maybe I try to get those people on the uh, on the air. One hundred. Maybe we'll get them. Uh, maybe I'll, get, I'll effort them next week, Can as we... well as the Brogan Bam Brogan. Let's also get the Phoenix Board of Tourism on and see if they have any thoughts on <laughs> how to entertain yourself in Phoenix. Perfect. Well, that does it for uh, this episode of the Driving You Crazy podcast. We always appreciate your rating and reviewing of the show, and hope that you uh, will repeat that yes. as much as as you possibly can, because it helps us out tremendously. You don't understand how tremendously that actually helps us out. You are silent on it. Anyway, until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the traffic guy. I am the hidden city traveler, Joseph Peters. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.